love doing is connecting awesome people. Now, guys, welcome again to Leveling Up Podcast with Brigham Blackham. We've got two of my great friends, Craig and Meredith. They're also part of the Final Percent Network Like with me. That's how we got first connected. I watched their class in, in the back uh, office of that. And I was so impressed with your depth of understanding, with your excitement, your enthusiasm for life. And I'm just really grateful that we got to experience each other uh, a little bit more in, in not just uh, in like a general sense, but really be, being able to to see what what this road to life that you're you're creating mm-hmm. uh, is all about. So tell us a little bit about your uh, your experience and your background, like that origin story. Tell us like how you came up with this. Go ahead. Sure. Um, well, we were living the sort of successful default life, right? Like we were working our corporate jobs, having success. In terms of, you know, society's metrics, you know, the the whole get good grades, get a good job, save for retirement, like all those things, like check, check, check. Um, And then we kind of got faced with a decision. We could move across the company and stay, move across the country and stay with the company, or we could go. And that decision sort of prompted a lot of conversation and a lot of stress in that moment. And just something inside of us said, go. Yeah, there was a calling for sure. Like, like she said, we were we were on this like I call, we call it the default life road, and just faced with this decision. Actually, it was like COVID, um, and they you know all the companies were they had these different decisions to make to keep their doors open and make cut cuts and all that stuff. And they said, you know, we have a job for you, but it's on the other side of the country. So here here's here's your decision, and it was really like but we don't want to do that. Like we don't want to move across the country and be further away from those we love and the things we want to be doing. So it really made us face this opportunity that there actually is a different way to do things than we had grown up believing. Mm-hmm. We'd always, both of us grew up similarly in that it was always a given that you're going to go to school, you're going to get good grades, then you're going to go back to school and you're going to get more good grades. And then you're going to go out and you're going to join the workforce and you're going to contribute. And that was always kind of just the deep, it was, it wasn't even a question. It was just, that's what we're going to do Mm -hmm. until this moment in time where we're faced with this decision. And it's like, huh, we can do something different. And this isn't on our heart. This isn't passion. Like this isn't what we want to be doing long-term. We we have more to offer the world. We were feeling unfulfilled. We were. And so this it felt like a flashing road sign, exit sign mm-hmm. saying, exit here. This is your opportunity. Yeah. Exit here. And so after some soul searching and some conversation, because it's scary to make that kind of decision, we just decided that, you know what, let's bet on ourselves. Let's do this. Let's, let's. Uh... And you know what was interesting? Because it was a tough decision and we're very much planning. Like we like to plan everything. Like, like you were talking about with Cosmo, we're, we were, we're recovering perfectionists. We want to know the whole road before we take the first step. Right. which we couldn't do here. Um, the one thing that really helped us, and it's going to sound really counterintuitive, is my dad got cancer when we were trying to make this conversation. And it really sucked for a little bit. And that that really helped us decide that what's really important in life, what are our values, what what like the job is secondary to to family and 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 relationships. And so that really helped us make that decision to not move further from family. And then once we made the decision, his health did a complete 180. He's, you'd never know he was ever sick. And we thought it would be his last Christmas. And so it was just really interesting that the universe put this really crappy situation in our path 
at exactly the moment we needed it to make a decision. We made the decision and everything started to turn at that point. So I believe that my dad got sick so that we could make this difficult decision and change our whole lives. So it was weird timing on that for sure. The universe was working for us. I think that's really unique that you can, you can take a, a negative circumstance and mm-hmm. find beauty in it. Because mm-hmm. I, I think where, where I have a very similar thing, my mom went through cancer a couple of years ago. She had breast cancer. It was, it was terrifying. I, I didn't think she was going to make it even a year mm-hmm. and a lot of prayer, a lot of just wondering what, sometimes you even ask yourself, why is this happening? And you get frustrated and you like, Oh, you just, just want to shake. And then at, at some point you have to go through that, those, those emotions of, of trying to really unpack what it is that, that you're feeling and then working through that. So tell us, tell us a little bit about, about this road to life, because all of us have these circumstances in our life that are probably challenging and we will have roadblocks. We'll have to go on detours. We have to get on exits. Sometimes I love the visual representation of road of life. It's beautiful. And I'm so grateful you guys are putting this out there, but tell us a little bit more about what, what that journey looks like and what you're trying to accomplish. I would say the journey has a lot of stops and starts. <laughs> yeah. Like the, the concept came to us on a road trip, actually. We were, we, so when we left <laughs> in Virginia, we were in a hotel in Virginia, I remember. Um, but we, we left our corporate jobs, but when we made that decision, we didn't, uh, we, we knew we weren't fulfilled and happy in that life, that corporate life and what that was going to entail, especially moving further away. But we still hadn't quite pinpointed exactly what our passion was, what we wanted to be doing, what it was that when we left our corporate jobs that we would actually do. We knew we wanted, we, there was something on our heart. We wanted to contribute more. We wanted to give back and, and help people live a better life, but we weren't sure how that was going to be. Um, and then, you know, we got linked up with Greg in the final percent and we started to slowly but surely pull on some threads to realize, okay, coaching and, and helping people through challenges in life. And then, okay, this is, this is something that we can, we can wrap our brains around. And then on that road trip that we had taken, it was like, oh, the road of life. That's kind of like, like, your, your journey through life is like a road trip. It's, you're going to hit traffic. You're going to hit roadblocks. You're going to hit weather. weather. You're going to hit amazing things on your journey. There's so many cool things to stop and look at. You're going to meet really cool people on the journey. Like it's all so connected for us that, and we love taking road trips. In fact, one of our first like dates or getaways together was a road trip. And so it just kind of all linked for us. And so road of life is really just what we call our company so that we, it's basically us just helping people through life's challenges, whatever those are. Our initial kind of focus right now is on relationships because we have, that's our superpower. We have an amazing relationship. And honestly, it feels like a cheat code for life. When you can have that person shoulder to shoulder riding shotgun as you're going on your road of life, it's just such a cheat code for getting things done and and having a fun, joyous experience going through life. So that's our main focus. We're also working on something to help people with transitioning from their if unhappy, unfulfilled kind of careers into entrepreneurship. But right now, our main focus, I would say, is on, on relationships and helping them 
traverse the bumps in the road on the on their journey. And it's interesting too what they're the what you just mentioned in terms of what our our longer term focus on helping people make the transition that we made because we made a lot of mistakes oh, so many. along the way. Like a lot. So many. Like so many. We you no, know, first of all, we thought we were going to be like these big wheel real estate investors, of course, and started a company with that and closed it in six weeks. And, you know, obviously spent a bunch of money on marketing and mailers and all these things before we realized that did no, not, this is not what's on our did not heart. resonate. Did not it's resonate. not aligned with the lifestyle we want to live. It's not aligned with how we want to contribute to the world. It just but we didn't do the work up front to understand what that was for us. We didn't know where we were going. We didn't have a destination on our road of life. And so we couldn't map out how to get there. And so it was just, a, it was, I would say a little bit of FOMO because we were in a mastermind watching all kinds of other people have huge success. It's like, well, we got to start a company and we got to start it now and replace yeah. our corporate income and yeah. put all this pressure and all these shoulds on ourselves and made some relatively large mistakes in the moment, but learned yeah. a lot to your point. How do you take a negative situation, what what you perceive in the moment to be a negative situation and pull the good out of it so that it's not a failure. Like, like Cosmo says, there is no fail. No. You don't fail. You just find the lesson and move forward and, and, and apply the lesson and, and, and keep going. And if you don't apply the lesson, the universe often sees fit to teach it to you again. Yeah. yeah. You, <laughs> you'll keep learning that lesson. So we try to learn it as quickly as possible, but it was, um, I wouldn't change anything about the journey to this point. Cause we had, to, we had to make these detours. We we had to make these stops and starts to figure out where we wanted to get to and how we want to help other people. So it's, it's been a very informative journey, bumpy up and down, but it's been wonderful. Awesome. I wouldn't change a thing. It's all part of the journey. And it, and it, and it, it the reason you go through those things is for a reason. And I, and I firmly believe that we had to go through those lessons. And one, I think it makes us better uh, coaches and better able to help others traverse their roads of life and, and avoid some of those pit stops and bumps and bad weather that they don't necessarily have to take. So I love it. Now, the main topic that I would love to dive into now, guys, is this differentiation or distinction between ruts and grooves. Mm -hmm. Because yeah. on the road to life, you will often get into rhythms. You'll get into almost a trance when you're driving, right? And you're like, oh, am I am I going the way, the place I'm supposed to go? Am I yeah. making the progress or am I in a rut and just not actually progressing to where I want to go? So let's let's really dive in and figure out how we can understand this concept in depth. And then maybe talk about some of the experiences that you've had. Uh overcoming some some ruts and getting into the right groove mm -hmm. well i think even like right off the bat the, the first rut we were in where we were a bit tunnel vision on real estate because you know yeah. you hear that 90 percent of millionaires make their first million in real estate or whatever I, I probably misquoted that but there's something around everyone makes millions in real estate and so we we were a bit tunnel visioned in that so i think immediately we got into a rut where we were only looking at what are our options within the real estate investing world. How do we make a business? How do we make this work in this one space? And so we found ourselves, you know, like caught in those tire tracks where we we couldn't see anything besides that because we almost created an echo chamber for ourselves. We joined a real estate mastermind. We were doing real estate research online. Everything was real estate. And so that's all we could see. And so I think it's easy to get in a rut and almost find yourself just going in that direction because that's all you know. And so narrowing your focus too early, I think, makes it easy 
to fall into a rut as opposed to sort of scanning the horizon and doing the work up front to identify what is it that I actually want my life to be like, because that's work we didn't do for almost 40 years, right? Like from the social conditioning of go get a job and save for retirement and die to the, oh, now it's real estate. It's we never did the work on what do we actually want our life to look like and what fits in that. Yeah. And to be very clear, this isn't a uh, poo-poo on real estate. No. Like, we, we actually <laughs> love it. Yeah, yeah, no, we, we still have real estate. Yeah. Like, it's just not our main kind of passion, sure. but it's definitely still worthwhile and definitely want to make clear that we are not poo-pooing on it. Yeah, um, we still have our real estate investments. They're just not our primary focus. Yeah, sure. exactly. I, I think like for me, uh, like the main difference between a rut and a groove, you kind of hit on it, is understanding your the alignment to your goals, your purpose. Like, I think if it's very easy to get into a rut, if you're doing something that isn't aligned to what you truly on your heart want to be doing. And it's so, not intentional. And it's, yeah. So like we got into a bit of a rut in our corporate careers. We got into a bit of a rut when we quickly left our corporate careers and tried to fit a square hole in a round peg because it wasn't aligned with what we really want to be doing. And so we felt like we were in ruts, but when we really aligned to our purpose and understood what it was that we want to do and and who we want to be for the world and who we want to and how we want to help and serve the world that's when we started finding our groove and it's, mm -hmm. things started to kind of smooth out a little bit and it was a little like it was a it was a nicer drive than a bumpy kind of rut and it's not will. like it's easy like there's still so many oh. challenges like we're still learning so much like the learning curve is so steep but it, because it's aligned, because we're intentional about it, it does feel smooth. And I think another element of being in a groove and and so, so there's part of it is the smoothness. The other part is it's it's you keep it, it's like the momentum. The momentum is there to keep pushing you forward. And so the other key to getting in a groove and staying in a groove, I think, is being focused on your momentum, building your momentum. And there's different ways to do that. But for me, the the most effective way I think to build your momentum is twofold. One is like to take the action. Like everything comes down to being brave and taking action. But the second one is celebrating. Yeah. And we didn't really do that either until the last year or so. Like before both of us were, were very alike. Uh, we were both like, oh, we did that check onto the next thing. Oh, we did that check onto the next thing. By the time you reach a goal, you've already got another one. And so you don't think back to the six, 12, 18 month ago version of you who would have been like, oh my goodness, I just did that. Holy, like you, you don't ever have that moment of good for me. Like let's celebrate this moment yeah. because you're already into the new version of you who has the next goal on the horizon. So you never see what you've accomplished through your old eyes and give yourself credit for it. And so we've made a really conscious effort to be intentional about celebrating so every week, look back and what were the wins this week? What can we celebrate? Because there's there's always wins. And yeah. we did that at the end of the year for 2023. And it, it was wonderful to look back at all we learned and all the wins we had. But going forward, we decided we would do it forward looking so that you can celebrate. And when you celebrate, that maintains your momentum. Yeah. And so I think celebrating is key to keeping yourself in a groove and keeping that smoothness yeah. and moving forward. I agree. Celebrating, I think, is key to staying out of ruts. Mm -hmm. You know, that that just reminded me of a story. I'm, are you guys ready for a story? Yeah. yeah absolutely. Stories. Okay. Let's now, this was a time when I was being very dumb. I didn't realize how dumb I was being at the time. 
my, I was with my wife and a couple of my friends in my little tiny 300 M car. Now this is not a off-road vehicle. Okay. <laughs> I was driving in the snow a little bit, but we decided to take a shortcut to get home, which was not a shortcut. Okay. We, we took this little dirt road. It was gravel at the time. And about halfway down the road, uh, it got a little more narrow and then it turned to mud very quickly. And the thing is about short cars and mud is uh, you bottom out really quickly. Yeah. We bottomed out and I tried to just like speed through it. That didn't work. Eventually uh, I got completely stuck and I was in really nice clothes and my wife was in nice clothes and everybody else was. And I was like, well, I'm going to dig us out of this muddy spot. And I got out of the car. She was fuming. She's like, we're going to be late. And I was frustrated. And uh, I had her get in the car and drive and we like, you know, rock in the, uh, the car as much as I could. And I just remember this one moment where I was like, okay, turn the wheel. We're going to try and rotate around and just go back where we came. And as she turned the wheel and she sped up, it's front wheel drive. So imagine me pushing on the side of the car, the wheel turns. I just get this whole face full of mud. <laughs> You're eating it. I, I used to have a white shirt and it was no longer white and oh. i was just like oh, slapping the mud on the ground and eventually we were able to rock it slowly because the mud was really slick we were the mm-hmm. rocket rocket so it took like 45 minutes to take the car from one direction and push it the other way and then we finally got out but i never lived that down and that's <laughs> that's the shortcut if you don't know where you're going and you don't have the right vehicle if you have your ro- your your road going the wrong way like there's so many things i can learn from that but i think one of the biggest things was listen to your wife it's like why are we taking a shortcut you go that way it's 10 minutes you go this way we have no idea it's like i've gone on, on this road before during the summer not during the winter and <laughs> Things are very different uh, when the seasons are different. So yeah, that's such a great analogy. That's such a great analogy that like, yeah, if you try to take the shortcut and you aren't properly prepared, that's what you can get into. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what we did when we left our corporate jobs. We kind of hit that mud puddle that was yeah. like, this isn't for us. Like, why didn't we just take the time to plan the route and then go the right way? Yeah. So that's really cool. Yeah. And here's another idea. So I used to uh, share this when I was talking about people taking action. Uh, I, I served a, a mission in Taiwan for my church. Absolutely loved it. There was this, this analogy that came over and over and over again. When people are stuck and they don't know which way to go, a lot of times it's because they're not in movement. They have no inertia. They're not actually taking action. They're thinking and they have like pulled that emergency brake. And they're like, well, do I take a left or do I take a right? Do I take a left or a right? And the thing is, if you rotate a, a wheel in a car, when you're stopped, what happens to the car? Nothing. Nothing. There's no inertia. There's no movement. There's no reactionary uh, ideas that are that are happening. So mm-hmm. it's in that choice, taking the 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 movement and saying, "I'm going to move forward, even if it's slow. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take that and I'll be cautious. I'm still going to go down that road. And if it's the wrong road, you can turn around and go back. Sometimes you go down the wrong road so that you know which road is the right one. Go down for you know a couple blocks you might have to go down a few miles it might even be you know 100 miles but mm-hmm. if you go down that road like you did with real estate for a short time thinking that was the only thing in your life mm-hmm. uh, go down that road you can realize 
oh, I actually, this isn't where I wanted to go. I need to reorient myself and figure out how do I get to where I want to go from where I'm at? Because mm-hmm. if we don't know where we're at, we don't know where we want to go. It's like that Cheshire cat. It yep. doesn't really matter. Yep. Yeah. Just enjoy. <laughs> yeah. So tell us a little bit about uh, your experience in uh, in getting into a groove. I, I think I love this idea of getting in the flow and the groove and moving forward through life. Well, I think the first thing is you're absolutely right. You have to move. Yeah. You're not going to get into anything if you don't move. And so there's two, I think, two steps to moving. And the first one is deciding to move. And that's where most of us get stuck. Again, as recovering perfectionists, it used to be like, okay, what are we going to do? If we do this and this happens, if we do this and this, and it's like, plan it all out. What does everything look like? Because you don't want to make the wrong decision. And I remember someone telling me a long time, I was still in school. It was ages ago. I didn't apply it for many, many years, but I remember someone telling me many years ago that don't worry about making the right decision, make the decision and then make it the right decision. Just make the decision right. And so all the energy you spend thinking and worrying about making the wrong decision, you could just spend that energy making the decision that you make the right one for you. And so I think that was a huge sort of light bulb moment for me that stop wasting your time and energy worrying about the decision, just make the decision and go and then spend that energy making it right. And so the decision is this first step. And then the second step is, is taking the step. You've made the decision, put your foot on the gas. Like you know you're going left, Put your foot on the gas. You'll never get anywhere if you don't take a step. And to your point, you can always course correct. And in fact, you are always going to course correct because you're never going to get it right always every time, especially the first time. But But, expect you're going to go the wrong way. Just expect it. Yeah, you can spend all the time in the world planning, but you take one step and life is going to throw something at you that throws that into complete chaos. It's what you thought you were looking at one step into the journey, completely different. Mm-hmm. So it's just not even worth the time to try to figure out 10, 20, 30 steps down the line. Just to your point, get into movement and then course correct as required. And then eventually you're going to find your groove. Mm-hmm. You're just, you're, you're eventually going to hit that groove and then you're going to. Well, and it, that's what happened when we left our corporate job. I can remember we made the decision that we weren't moving across the country but we didn't know anything else what that would look like. So we made the decision. We weren't moving. We weren't going. So we we took the step in the other direction. We put our house up for sale. And I can remember someone on my team, my corporate team at the time says, what does that mean? You're not moving. Like, what, what are you going to do next? That I have no idea. So we only knew one or two steps. It's almost like you're when you when you're when you're trying to, to do anything you're only going to be able to see one or two steps in front of you, or you can only see as far as your headlights are going to show you, right? You're never going to see the whole journey before you start. You're, you're just, you're just never going to. And so you have to get comfortable taking action, only knowing a step or two ahead of you. That's all you can control for because you can't control for all the variables. That's right. Life's going to throw something. There's going to be a curveball. So take your first step, take your second step, and it's easier said than done. I get it. Like it's scary <laughs> as heck. Like it is like big life decisions. And like to your point, when you're not moving, it's like, oh, do I go left or do I go right? And sometimes it's super, super scary. But at the same time, 
you know what you're going, you know where you're going to end up if you don't decide. You're going to end up. That's a decision too. Yeah, that's, you're not making a decision is a decision. You're going to end up exactly where you are. And if you're not happy with where you are, then you have to make the decision left or right. Make a call. And to your point, it's not wrong. If you go left and it doesn't end up where exactly you want it to be, now you know one way that is going to not get you where you want to go. So you're going to turn around and go the other way. Mm -hmm. And and maybe that's not the right way either. You're going to turn around and go a different way. But I think to your point, like you, you need to start building that momentum to get into the groove. You're not going to get into a groove without momentum. And you're not going to get into momentum without making a decision and actually taking action. And it's momentum that helps you bust through the obstacles. If you're driving, if you're rolling and you're in a groove and you're going and life throws a curveball that you throws a, a wall up in your face. If you've got enough momentum, you're going to just bust right through that thing. Yeah, It's not going to bring you to a screeching halt so that you have to stop and start over and reevaluate. If you've got momentum, that's what's going to carry you through the obstacles, the failures, the difficulties. That momentum is going to get you everywhere. I think a lot of times people feel as though, because I know I did, like if you make the wrong decision, oh, it's, it's, it's a lot. It's a failure. It's a lot. Like everything I did to get to that point down the road is a Wait. is a waste of time and effort and resources. And it's actually not, it, it teaches you, it, it, it helps you one, become the person you need to be to get to actually where you want to go. And two, it again, teaches you the way that you're not going to get to where you want to go. So that's one, one element of, of or one route to where you want to go taken off the map. You're, you're not going to take that muddy road again next time, right? <laughs> I'm not going to take that road in a tiny little car. <laughs> Yeah, that's so true. So I I have a quote that came through my my head. Uh, this is by my mission president Mike Hur. He said, "A good decision made at the right time is better than the best decision made too late." Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. So important to make that distinction. And yeah, exactly. Uh, this reminded me of an experience. You ready for another story? Yeah, yeah absolutely. I love stories. So I was driving in the car with my mom, and we were talking about uh, how in my my little town of. Mount Pleasant, there are a ton of deer at night. Okay. Deer, elk, they cross the road all the time. You see these little signs that come passing by. There's a deer, there's an elk. And uh, you always have to be cautious when, when you're driving down the road, they'll flash their lights a couple of times. If you see deer and you, you slow down a little bit, like, all right, is there, is there a deer here? Here's the reason why I say that my mother, she, uh, do you know how many uh, deer are, or reindeer are with Santa's sleigh? Do you know how many are on there? Nine with Rudolph? nine, right? With Rudolph. Okay. She's taken out nine different deer. Okay. In her lifetime. So for uh-huh. her, it's like super uh-huh. of mind. You're like, I have to be very vigilant, very cautious. She's lived in that area for like 40 plus years. So she knows eventually mm-hmm. there's going to be a deer that jumps out in front of you. Don't overcorrect. Now, the reason why a lot of people die when they hit a deer is because they overcorrect. There are sometimes challenges that come out in front of us and you slow down, but you don't jerk. Mm-hmm. You might be able to, uh, you know, move slightly. She's dodged a ton of deer, probably hundreds of deer in her life. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you can't dodge the deer. Yeah. Sometimes you can't dodge that bullet. Mm-hmm. You you have to hit that deer, but you yeah. try and make the impact as soft as possible. Now, I was in the car with her in a big truck when we hit an elk. You know what an elk feels like when you hit it? I, I don't person not from experience. No. <laughs> It's terrifying because I bet you're not you're like on eye level with them in a truck, right? Mm-hmm. You're taking out their knees. So we we clipped the the hind end of this this elk, 
And luckily we're in a truck. It didn't even hardly damage the truck. It was just the front headlight and, and some of the bumper. But if she overcorrected either way, there were cars on the left side coming really fast. There were cars behind us. Right. Overcorrect and you flip. You don't just put yourself in peril. You put the people coming behind you, like your family, your posterity. You also put other people in danger. That's your friends. And there's so much danger in that, that sometimes making those choices, even though it's scary in the moment, you're like, I'm going to hit this and it's okay. Mm -hmm. I, I will take whatever the impact has to be so that I don't hurt other people. And that was a little instructive for me because sometimes we have moments in our life where it feels like the, the scariness has to happen. And every once in a while it does, you have yep. to hit that deal and you have to deal with the consequences. But if you overcorrect and you try and dodge or you go into oncoming traffic, that's when instead of just hurting yourself or your own situation, you can hurt a lot of other people. It ripples. Yeah. Yeah. It ripples. It's a huge ripple effect. So that's one of these ideas. How can you avoid overcorrecting in life? Because I think sometimes people do that. It's a, it's a tendency to just do a, a knee jerk reaction. Mm -hmm. and yeah. yeah. I think for me, it would be <clears throat> really understanding, taking the time at the outset of when you're making the decision, aligning what, where are you ultimately trying to go? Like, what is your true destination? Like what's on your heart? What is it you're trying to achieve? What's your passion? What's your goal? And making decisions based on how it gets you to that. And so I, I don't think you'll ever overcorrect if you're always headed generally in that direction North and you're, star. yeah, you've got that North star, you're heading to, towards it. Um, of course, you're going to hit these bumps and you're going to hit these things that are, you're going to have to plow through them. You're going to have to hit that deer occasionally. I, I think it's staying with that vision, that point with your heart and eyes consistently on that goal that you're not going to want to overcorrect and go way over here because you know you want to be over here so for me it's really aligning and being on purpose mm -hmm. uh the other thing that jumped out in my head when you were talking brigham is that trusting yourself right your mom trusted herself yeah. to handle that situation the best way she knew from all the lessons so all the other situations she had or with deer the hundreds of other times she took lessons out of every single one of them. Yeah. So every time you hit your obstacle, you fail, you know, you find your lesson, you you take that in, you move forward. And now you trust yourself that you've learned and yeah. you can handle it the next time. And so there's a big piece that I didn't have before this whole journey of trusting myself and trusting my intuition. You know, trust myself to make decisions that are that are that are best for me. Trust myself to to continue on the path. Trust myself that I know how to handle the next obstacle. And that's tough because it it, it has its roots in in your level of self worth. And so I think we also have a a bit of an epidemic in our world on unworthiness and and like a, a there's a lot of a lot of work required for for many of us to build our self worth and so that we can trust ourselves. If we don't think we're worthy and deserving and good enough, we're never gonna trust ourselves. Yeah. And so I've had to do a lot of work in this area because I didn't trust myself. I didn't trust myself to make the decision. So I probably was overcorrecting a lot of times in my, I like to call it my old life. Cause you know, I've had since the, since the, the corporate jobs 
change. It was like a line in the sand, old life, new life. And so in my old life, I did a lot of overcorrecting because I didn't trust myself to have pulled the lessons and made the decision and move forward. And so I think that's the other piece. And I think a third one that came to me as we were talking is really surrounding yourself with a community of people who are, I, I, I hesitate to use the, the term like-minded, but are of a similar ilk. They're, they're doing similar things. They, they want to make the world a better place. They're building businesses. They're contributing They're So if you're surrounding yourself with that, that, kind of knowledge base you, you always have that that mastermind of people that you can kind of leverage and like here's what I'm going through and mm -hmm. they can help you so that you don't overcorrect. Mm -hmm. they can hey I've been through that I've, I've here's 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 what helped me this might help you and you know just getting around folks that are you know have been down that road can also really help you from overcorrecting. I love that now I've got a few more stories. You guys ready for this? Absolutely. This just popped into my head. I was like, oh, I, I need to bring this up. Have you ever tried to teach a kid how to ride a bike? Yeah, I taught my sister how to ride a bike. Okay, perfect. Now, one of the things I, I remember teaching my, my daughter, Gigi, how to ride a bike was she kept looking at her feet and riding the bike. And what happens when you look straight down riding a bike? You fall down. You, you fall over. And even though she had the the training wheels she still found a way to fall over which was really impressive you know like that's, that's that impressive. right there <laughs> but i i gave her this very simple lesson keep your eyes out in front of you yeah and what happens when you keep your eyes forward rather than down at where you're exactly at but saying this is where i want to go you are giving yourself an opportunity to make slight course corrections in your balance in in where you're going if there's like a turn you can start to anticipate that and and get to the side so you can make sure that you're not clipping anything and keeping those eyes up those eyes forward on where do you want to go not what what's happening right now changed the way that she was able to ride a bike and she learned pretty quickly because she changed her focus from down at the ground to in front of her yeah Talk about that a little bit how have you experienced that in your practice well, first of all, I would say, as soon as you said it, it put me in mind of we took motorcycle riding lessons. Oh, which, yeah. To be honest, I was terrified and didn't want to. It was all him. Um, but it was the exact same lesson, of course. Like, keep eyes focused on where you're going. You will go where you look. And mm -hmm. so if you're on a motorcycle, like if you're on a bicycle and you look down, you're going to fall down. And so it took me a little practice. The motorcycle was scary. But keep your eyes focused on where you're going. And that's how you're going to get there. And I go ahead. You seem to like, you're no, ready you to go. Go ahead. Um, it's, it's like you were talking before about the North star. Like we did the work of after the first real estate business where we're like, there's a misalignment here. Let's take some time and focus on us and figure ourselves out first. And that's when we did the work on what do we actually want our life to look like? And so we separately got really specific on what do we want our life to look like from our relationships perspective, from uh, where we live, from our spare time, from our health and vitality, and from like our work and contribution to the world perspective. So we took all five of those each and we went to our separate corners and spent a lot of time getting as detailed as we possibly could. And then we came back together and we created our shared vision. Like, he wants to run marathons. I don't. So I'm going to cheer on the sideline. So everything doesn't have to be exact. Our, our visions are not, we're two different people. We're going to have two different visions for our future. But we then did the work of integrating our two visions into one single shared vision. 
and that becomes our North Star. And so to your point in the last um, question about that becomes how we make our, everything gets held up against this North Star. Does this align with where we're trying to go? Does it align with our vision? Yes, no. If no, well, then that's not something we're going to focus on right now. And so if we keep our eye on that North Star, that vision of what we want for our future, we're always focused there. Then first of all, the little day-to-day -day issues fall away, both within the relationship and within your, your own sort of um, mindset of the day-to-day, -day, you know, because you can, it's easy to get overwhelmed or get, you know, frustrated, frustrated. That stuff yeah. seems to fall away more easily when you keep your eye on the big prize. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's, it, it really is understanding where you want to go and keeping your eyes there because you, you go where your eyes are, are, are trained. So it's like the skier in the hill principle. If you're mm -hmm. going down a hill, you want to keep your eyes on the path so that you stay on the path and not on the trees because as soon as you do, you will hit a tree. Um, so yeah, it's it's really just, I think, to, I think you hit it nail on the head is just focusing on what you want is where you're going to end up going. Focusing it's, on what you don't want is going to bring you more of that. And, that, and I think that's even just your thoughts, right? If, if, and like if we get stuck in lack and thinking about all the things that we don't have and all the this the, never worked this, and... yeah you're gonna get you're gonna attract more of that you're gonna get more of that but if you focus on what can i learn in this what what do i want what am i aiming towards what am i looking for and, and if you focus on that you're gonna eventually find your way to those things so that's that's kind of uh i think yeah. can i share another story you ready for absolutely this? so I'm a story for the guy. record. For the record, yeah. you never have to ask us okay. if you want to share a story. We are 100% in on all the story. Yeah. Okay. So when when you are driving in the snow, have you ever been taught how to not spin? You turn into it. I forget. I don't know. I don't so, remember very much I'll, anymore. I'll share with you this this idea with you. Sometimes, because right now it's it's snowing out here, mm -hmm. uh, it just popped into my head. We often have to pump the brakes. This is something my dad taught me, right? When when you're going into a, a turn, right? And it's a steep turn and it's snowing really like intense. Yeah. Often you will lose a little bit of traction. Yeah. And instead of uh, like slamming on your brakes, locking up those uh, uh, those brakes and going and sliding, you actually can pump the brakes. And because you pump the brakes, you're gaining traction. And then you can often let go of the wheel just slightly. And then you can turn into it. But this whole idea of pumping the brakes, I, I had this thought that if we, if we are careful when we are going into some turns uh, and we're like, we slow down and we're, we're cautious and we, we, we pump the brakes, we can still make those turns. But often if we don't pump the brakes, if we, if we freak out and we slam the brakes as hard as we can, that's when danger happens. And you can slide into oncoming traffic, right? You could uh, you could fall into the side of a ditch, which this is part of the reason why I wanted to preface this because uh, I was uh, getting pulled behind our truck when I was a little kid. My sister was driving and we were on our farm. And you can be a 14 or 15 year old driving on our farm because nobody knows about it, right? But she was driving on this farm and we were, uh, we tied up our sleigh with a rope to the back of the truck. Okay. She was driving on the road and there was a 90 degree turn. And when it's snowy, if you go too fast, you're going to slide. She didn't have this whole pump the brakes idea. She turned a little too fast 
And the thing is about country roads, they're flat for the road part, but then there's like a berm and then there's fences. She drove and the car went over the side and then into the fence. And then because I was being pulled behind, I went into the truck. <laughs> it, we weren't going super fast, but it was one of those very expensive mistakes that could have been very easily uh, handled if she just would have pumped the brakes a little bit. Yeah. So let's talk about pumping the brakes in in our on our road to life uh, to be cautious, but uh, to still be able to take those sharp turns that we need to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, we're still going on the road of life, you're going to come across these, these turns, these hairpins, these things that are going to be thrown at you where you're going to have to react, but you don't want to stop. You do. You want to take, you want to be cautious. Like you don't ever want to just completely throw caution to the wind. Like that's, that's reckless, but you do want to act. you still want to be in motion in movement. So yeah, it is a matter of when you come to these really big life choices, like we'll use the example we used at the beginning, our corporate jobs, that wasn't, that's, that's something that you have to really look at. That's a big decision. That's we didn't go into that at a hundred miles an hour. That's not, so you know, take a second and you the brakes. Like, are we really going to leave, you know, pretty good jobs, steady income, you know, Safe. decent salary. Are we, is this what we're going to do? And you approach that as you would pumping the brakes. We we talked about that back and forth a few times about what is it that we want to be? Is are we really going to do this? This is scary as heck. Um, so yeah, it's it, we pumped the brakes a few times, but ultimately we took the action. We took the turn. We pumped those brakes. We made the corner, and the road was a little bit straight for a minute, and then it was bumpy as heck, and then we had to traverse. Big turn. Yeah, and then there were some more turns, and and. that's just life, right? Like that's just the road of life is going to have a bunch of corners and hairpins that you're going to have to navigate. And pumping the brakes is how you go into these decisions. You know, you think about it, you evaluate the potential consequences. You don't go in a hundred miles an hour and be reckless, but you also don't come to a complete stop. Then you're not going to make the turn either. So yeah, you have to keep your momentum moving forward. And the other sort of analogy I like about these hairpin turns and these switchbacks is, um, you know, in order to get up a big mountain to accomplish something big, generally when you're going up a big mountain, you need to switch back your way up. If you try and go straight up, it's you're 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 less likely to get there. So yeah. you switch back. But the thing about a switchback is you're going in one direction, and then it's almost like you feel like you're doing a 180 degree turn and coming back. So if, if you don't have the perspective of that you're making progress up the mountain, it feels like you're going in one direction and then you've turned around and you're heading straight back in the other direction like you've made a mistake and you're going back. And so it's important to have the perspective and the trust that, no, I'm I'm working my way up the top of this big mountain and, and the, the flatter the switchback, the more likely I am to get there and to trust that you still are making progress. Even if it feels like you've taken a 180 degree turn, yeah. you're still making your way up the mountain. You're still working towards that North Star, that destination. And so- yeah. The, that, that's another thing I like about, about the switchback analogy is it sometimes feels like maybe you going back the way you came, but you're not going back the way you came. You're making your way up the mountain to your goal. Yeah, it's it's such a good point that like when you're making those corners and, and you feel like you're lost, you're still making progress. It may not be as fast as you want to be going if you were on a super smooth, straight highway going 100 you know miles an hour, but 
at least you're still moving. So yeah, you're going to come into a corner. That's going to happen. It's natural. Show me a road that doesn't have a corner on it. You're going to slow down. You're going to take that corner, like, you know, nice and safe. And then you're going to move on. And then there's going to be a time where you're going to hit the gas. There's going to be, a, you're going to hit that straight road again and you're going to get to hit the gas, but yeah, you're going to have to pump the brakes every now and then to get where you want to go for mm -hmm. sure. I've got another story for you. This just popped up. hundred percent. Let's go. Okay. So when my brother came home from his mission, he was in England. Uh, he flew uh, back to America. Very long flight. He said he slept pretty well, but he was exhausted when mm -hmm. he got, got back. We drove up with two cars and he's like, oh, I haven't driven in a while. I don't want to drive home. What happens when you're tired and you're driving over two hours? I'll tell you what happens. He was driving right behind us and we noticed that he started veering just slightly and then he went off the side there. There's this little thing in backcountry roads. Sometimes like when you're going over like little <clears throat> ditches and stuff, they have like these slight little like six or yep. eight foot ravines so that the water can go under the road. Right. And he timed it perfectly. Right? <laughs> he was so tired, but he timed it perfectly. He went and the car went off the road and landed perfectly in one of these ditches and the car ended up bending just oh. like that a little u-shape and wow. he was 100 fine very terrifying to wake up yeah. in a ditch yeah but sometimes when when you think about how how tired we are we have to take care of ourselves on the yeah. road i i think this was a, an instructive moment because if if you have the capacity to drive, yes, fantastic. Uh, if you know how to do it, great. You have the right destination. Literally, he knew exactly how to get there. He's been there hundreds of times, but he was exhausted. Yeah. If you don't take the time to rest, mm -hmm. you can still have things happen that were avoidable. So let's talk about how to take care of yourself so that you're not putting yourself or other people in harm's way. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's super important. Yeah. Um, it's critical, right? You have to be equipped for where you're going. Like you mentioned earlier, the right vehicle, the right instruction, the right, the right the fuel, the right snacks. Yeah. So fuel and snacks is, is a great analogy for this because, you know, you, you need to take care of yourself. Like, especially if you're in momentum, you're in a groove, It's e it, it almost feels easy to keep going past the point of, Oh, I forgot to eat. I was so in the, I was so in the zone. I forgot to eat. Oh, I, you know, I, I worked late cause I was, was really into it and, you know, I was making a lot of progress. So I stayed up really late and, you know, all those things that seem innocent and they are once in a while, but it's that I, I think the, the foundation of all of this, like the foundation of the road of your journey has to be your health. It has to be your health and vitality. So you have to take care of yourself or you will never get if your car runs out of gas if you run out of snacks like you you're, you'll never get where you need where you're trying to go and so you have to take care of yourself and so there's lots of different elements that make up self-care to me and some of them are reactive like if you're exhausted please for goodness sake have a nap um, but some people like you know they like to go to the spa they massage you know there's there's all kinds of reactive self-care. Vacations is another good one. But I think proactive self-care is also really, really important so that you're, you know, you're, you're focused on your sleep and on your hydration first and foremost, because I think those are the two critical, critical pieces to your health. And if we don't get those two right, 
the domino effect of that is how you eat and how you move and all the, all the other things. So your hydration and your sleep, everything to me starts with those two pieces. And then your proactive self-care after that is making sure your mindset is right. And, you know, it's the journaling, it's the meditating, it's the boundaries, which I don't know if everyone considers to be self-care, but, but to me is a big part of self-care because if you're saying yes to everyone, which is what I used to do, um, because like I mentioned before, you know, the self-worth was an issue. So I needed external validation from everybody else. And so I would never say no to anyone because if I said no to you, how could you validate me and tell me how great I am and build me up and build my confidence? So I couldn't say no to anyone. So I said no to myself all the time, which starts to deplete you. And so your, your self-care starts with your health, your, your nutrition and your, your hydration and your sleep. And it starts with you prioritizing yourself and your boundaries and then the pieces of getting your mind right, like your journaling, your meditation. Um, so to me, those are the key pieces to self-care. What do yeah. you got? And I just think that it's so important because to, like using your story, your brother was trying to get from point A to point B in an efficient manner, but he ended up getting in the most inefficient manner possible because he didn't take care of himself. So we, we feel like it's counterintuitive. We, we feel like, oh, if we go, 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 and we go, 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 and we hustle we'll and get we there grind, faster. we'll get there faster. But it's actually the opposite because you'll burn yourself right out and you'll do more harm than good. And you'll set yourself back. You'll actually have to go, I mean, be hospitalized or have a panic attack or who knows what. You break your vehicle. You break your vehicle yeah. and you end up in a ditch, right? Yeah. Like, so there's all these things that we think we're, we're doing well because we're hustling and grinding and getting there faster. And it's actually the opposite. Mm -hmm. And so I think, you know, to your point of, you know, it's easy when you're in that groove and you forget to eat and the, and it's okay once in a while. Sure. There's going to be times in your business or in life where you're going to have to grind or hustle for a week or two and, you know, get something done, get a project over the finish line, but it can't be your day to day every day. And I think that's really important. And I think it's also the opposite, like in an opposite situation of it's really easy to get there when you're in a groove, but when you're also feeling lack or, or, or feeling like, you're not getting to where you want to be fast enough and you turn it on trying to get there faster. That also can be a huge problem for you because to our earlier point, you're going to do more than good. Mm -hmm. And I think really the hydration, the, the sleep, eating well, moving your body, getting some sunlight. I think those are all critical components to making sure you're set up for success as a, as a person so that you can go into these situations as your best, healthiest self. Because let's be honest, if we had the business of our dreams, the relationship of our dreams, everything was great, except we had cancer and we had all these things, our health, we didn't have our health. What was the, what would be the one thing that we would want more than anything else is our health. Right. So, and so does, uh, for, for us, it's like design your day so that those pieces are there. Like, mm -hmm make the self-care part of it as opposed yep. to the add-on. And so, you know, everyone, I don't think everyone has to structure their day the same by any means. You don't have to have a morning routine. You don't, you have to do what works for you, but yeah. it's just important to keep the self-care pieces yeah. as, as important as the work pieces, because to your point, the business of your dreams means nothing if you have to spend all your time and energy and resources on your health. And so 
it getting to that working towards that north star is is the comprehensive north star right it's the business that you want it's the relationships that you want it's the health that you want to enjoy it all with yeah and so it's it all has to work together yeah it's super important i think to take that holistic approach to life not just focus on ah, it's my business i need to get my finances my business in order at the expense of my health it can't happen that way because at the end of the day you're always just going to want that health so it's it's taking that what do I want my health, my relationships, my my career, my uh, free, time. free time? What do I want all those things to look like? And build a whole, whole plan that is all encompassing for all those different avenues of your life. Because that's that's ultimately, at the end of the day, what we all want is to, you know, have all the great relationships and the business and have the the, the wealth that comes with that. And but also be able to enjoy it mm -hmm. and have the free time and the health to to you know, go and enjoy those things. So. Okay, I've got another story. This just popped up in my head because we're talking about fueling and making sure that we are, uh, we're in the right space with our, our own health and stuff. There was this time when I was younger, my dad had just bought a, a diesel truck and we're used to buying gas. Mm -hmm. So oh. kind of problematic if mm -hmm. you put the wrong fuel in your vehicle. Yeah. I was with my mother and she didn't notice that even though she pulled up to the diesel side of the of the gas station said diesel up on there there was a diesel option that was green and then there was the two other uh, options and you have to make sure that you pick up not only the green thing because she picked up the right color but there's also the option to hit gas rather than diesel so she's like oh i'm putting diesel in gas put it in the in the truck we only got like half a mile out of town when we were going up north to uh, to go shopping and the car started like, and it started sputtering and then yeah. it started smoking in the front. And I was yeah. like, this is a new truck. There's something wrong. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but there's something. And yeah. we we thought back and we're like, did, did we put diesel in the, in the diesel truck? And she's like, I'm pretty sure I did. And when we got the tow truck there, they had to take and drain the entire engine. And a lot of the parts of the engine were actually ruined because wow. the fuel was wrong. Wow. Yeah. So you think about being conscientious with the fuel that we, we intake yeah. the wrong fuel. You're not only going to burn out, you could ruin your engine. You could ruin the vehicle. Yeah. We'll get you where you want to go. So we have to be very conscientious of what we put into our, our body, what we listen to, what we see, what we smell, mm -hmm. uh, that, that fuel, yeah. the diet of our decisions. It, it is everything, not just what we read, not just what we eat, not just what we drink, all of those ideas mm -hmm. yeah. start to, to fuel our future. And if we fuel them with bad things, yeah, having a cupcake with a cockroach in it, it's only a little bad, right? It's only a little bit gross. I don't know. It, it ruined the whole thing. It's like a, a a cell phone that has sand that got into the internal workings. It can work yeah. for a time and then it'll get caught. Yeah. yeah. So let's let's talk a little bit more about um, about this idea of making sure that we are fueling our minds, our bodies with mm -hmm. good wholesome content that will help us get to our destination. Yeah. I mean, I think we've made a huge critical, um, a, a huge change in our life from that perspective too. Um, cause I think like everyone, we used to watch a lot of news, stay current on what's happening in the world. And 
we've made a really conscious choice to not do that anymore. Like I, I don't follow CNN or Fox. I don't, I don't follow news on my social media anymore. No, no news outlets anymore at at all. And it's interesting because we spent uh, about six weeks in Argentina and Buenos Aires in the fall. And again, we don't watch the news. And so we were down there having a lovely time. The weather was perfect. It was a beautiful, wonderful experience. And I woke up in the middle of the night one night and I looked out the window and the trees were like, it's a very green city, big trees up the window. And they were like blowing almost to the ground. It was, I, he was sound asleep. And I was like, oh my goodness, what is going on? So the next morning we got up and went for a walk and there were trees down every, like a huge, they didn't call it a hurricane. They called it an electrical storm, but essentially we live on the East coast. It looked like a hurricane, a hurricane blew through. We had zero idea that that was coming. We didn't know, but we also, there was nothing we would have done differently had we known. Um, We find that generally, maybe not when you're in a foreign country and don't speak the language, but generally the important stuff gets to you. If you need to know something, you don't have to go looking for it, watching the news every single day, trying to keep current because the important stuff you will learn through your social circles. So we have made a really conscious effort to not watch the news because there's all kinds of studies that show you like five minutes of watching the news impacts you negatively in your mind for eight hours plus. And so it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't take a lot of negativity coming in through your eyes and ears to really impact how you see the world. And so if you're looking to do big things and contribute and you need to always be feeding your mind the stuff that's going to make you believe you can do it and that it's worth doing and that you're worth doing it. And, and so creating, you know, like they, they talk about the echo chambers on social media and everything gets echoed, but it's creating the echo chamber for you of the things that, that fuel you. So like the final percent network, being in the communities where people are building themselves up and building each other up and people who clap when you win, people who are supporting you because it's often not the people that you would expect that are going to be the first to clap when you win. And so that's just, that's just the nature of not, not everyone's going to be the person you think they're going to be in supporting you all on these big dreams because they don't understand them and it's not their fault that it's fine. That's just, that's just the way it is. When you find the people that are clapping when you win, that are understanding your big goals and cheering you on as you reach them, that's the stuff that, that you need to surround yourself with, not the news and not the, 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 dispo, the, the, the not believers. Like it's, it's those people who are wanting to see you succeed, keep those people close and interact with them regularly and be in the groups where people are building each other up because that is going to change everything uh, because it changes in here. Yeah. It's such a good point with the news. Like it's it, even at five minutes, it impacts you so long after. It's not just that five minutes that it's going to kind of find its way into your brain and infect it for a while. It's 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 eight to ten hours after. It brings you psychologically, like the, it changes the wiring in your brain. Like you're just a different. Mm-hmm. You're gonna react differently for those next eight to ten hours after you've consumed that negative content. So it really is so important to listen to podcasts and audiobooks versus news and, mm-hmm. and surround yourself with people like in this group and in final percent where you're, you know, learning and sharing and ideas and businesses and how, how do we make the world a better place and focusing on that stuff gets you where you want to go faster than sitting for two hours listening to the news or watching, 
you know, horror movies or whatever. Like, and I get it. There's, there's always, you know, fun time. And if you want to go off and, you know, spend some time doing that, it, you know, watching a movie, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just understand that it, it, it likely is going to impact you for a little while after. Um, and then the fuel, I think the, the, what we put in our body, it just, it matters so much. And there's, it's just such a difference. If you're filling yourself with junk, like to your point with the car, if you put the wrong fuel in the vehicle, it's not going to operate the way it was intended to operate. And it's the same for your body. If you in, input, you know, junk food in there, it, you're just not going to get the same output as you would if you were feeding, fueling it with whole foods and vegetables and meat and, you know, like food that is you're supposed to consume versus you know candy bars and that's, stuff that's sugar. another big change that we've made like sugar like it's we cut out sugar it's, it's and it's not an easy thing to do. to do you know we bought the first time we like we decided to cut out sugar we had been to the grocery store not that long before and i bought some frozen turkey burgers like i wouldn't have expected there to be sugar in a turkey burger like it was just there was when we started paying attention it was like oh my goodness like i thought cutting out sugar was going to be like no sweets you know but it's it's like, amazing how salsa. much like there was yeah. so many things that it was when you at the grocery store you're like oh my goodness and it's it was it was how much it everywhere um but it and so it takes it it it's not so bad now but in the beginning it took a real concerted effort discipline and intention um no sugar no alcohol no dairy like we made some really wholesale changes in our nutrition as part of this whole you know, transformation we've undergone and it's been life changing. I feel I've never felt better than I do now with, you know, having not listening to the news and kind of eliminating some of the things out of our diet that weren't serving us. Are we never going to have ice cream cone again? Of no, of course not. <laughs> Life is not worth living if you can't have a piece of pizza and an ice cream cone once in a while, but it's not a regular thing. It's not something we eat every day. And I feel like it's something that has really helped us on this road of life, this journey that we're on to be, be the best version of ourselves each day to get as much done as we want to do that day. Mm -hmm. It's good uh, practice and discipline for one, like the same as like a cold shower, right? It's, it, it's, it's more than just the physiological impact of the cold shower. It's like doing the uncomfortable thing and putting yourself in a position to be uncomfortable on purpose, to get used to being uncomfortable like the, the, the discipline practice that comes from not eating sugar and not drinking, you know, adult drinks and like the discipline that you, that you hone with those skills then spills over into the discipline in your business and the discipline in your, in your exercise and your movement and all of that taking to get taken together makes you the best version of you. And that's what we're trying to access, right? Is the best version of ourselves so that we can give more and contribute more to the world. And so, is everyone going to cut sugar out of their diet for the rest of their lives? Probably not, but it's, it's been a really beneficial thing for us, like both in terms of how I feel and how I sleep, but also in terms of like how it's helped my mindset and my practice as it pertains to the business and how you show up every day. Yeah. Yeah. So I have two more stories and we'll, we'll wrap up. Thank you so much for your, your time here guys. So here's, here's the first story. Um, it's, it's all about picking your road and then loving that choice. I, mm -hmm. uh, even if it's bumpy, I was really young. I think I was probably six or seven and my dad and I were on a motorbike. This was one of my first times, maybe not the first time, but one of my first times on a motorbike. This is why it's like indelibly imprinted on my head. 
uh, we went to this little pond is called Parley's Pond. There's there's a lot of dirt tracks around there, but there's this there's this berm that's like eight feet high where you have to really speed up to get up above there. And my dad, because I was on his back, right? I was holding on to him mm -hmm. like, oh, I don't want to go too fast into this, even though he knows that's how you need to get into it. He's like, I don't want to go too fast because I don't want him to fall. He went too slow. And what happens when uh, you go too slow up a berm, we hit almost the very top. And instead of coming over the top, we stopped, we stalled and we couldn't keep going. So we tipped over mm -hmm. and I got like, the, I had pants on, but like I singed my pants. And mm -hmm. uh, I just remember that sometimes we have people that are, they're holding on to us and we, we can't stop doing what we're supposed to do just because they're holding on to us. And uh, we, we have to love the choice of the road that we're on. And if we choose a part where it's like, hey, you better hold on tight because we have to hit this hard to be able to get mm -hmm. over this berm. Uh, if you don't hit that berm hard, you'll tip over. And this other idea, this very same motorbike, a couple of years later, my brother Brett was in our backyard and we didn't have dirt in the backyard. We were uh, We had grass. Okay. And the thing is about riding a motor motorcycle on grass is it's super slippery. Mm -hmm. okay? He was just goofing around. He wasn't even going that fast, but he made a turn a little bit too fast and the bike, both wheels slipped out from under him and he got pinned under the bike. And then, uh, because of the turn he was doing, you know, how chain link fences have, uh, like that bottom part that can fold under mm -hmm. he went through the fence and he was pinned against the the ground and he he actually couldn't move because not only was the bike heavy he had the weight of the fence recoiled right. behind him and he ended up uh like tearing some different parts of his knee and it was a super slow accident he probably was going eight ten miles an hour mm -hmm. but if we're on the wrong terrain we're not on the right path we didn't choose the path that was right for us we're just goofing around in the backyard we can have some horrible things happen to us and he had like a six week recovery because of that choice. Mm -hmm. Well, when we're thinking about choosing the path that is best for us, when we're thinking about getting on the road to life, whatever that looks like, don't slow down. Don't don't feel like uh, you you can't go have fun in your backyard. But be very conscientious that if the terrain's not good, you you could get hurt. So let let's wrap this up just with with this idea that when you pick the right road and you know you're on the right road, uh, you you can kind of open up and you can have some amazing things happen. Will you talk to us about how people choose that right road? Yeah, I think the right road is the road that aligns with you, yep. with your purpose, with yep. your values. Yep. And so there's some work required on the front end. And I think, you know, you're going to feel it when you have the alignment, when, like you said earlier, when you're out of alignment, everything feels bumpy and forced and herky jerky. And when you're out of alignment, nothing feels smooth and easy. When yeah. you're in alignment, it doesn't mean there's no challenges. It just means that it, it feels like it feels right. And so sometimes in order to find that right road, the one that feels right, you need to do some work on the front end, which is what we had to do with what are your values? What are the most important values for you? What are the most important things for you? Identify those. What, what is your purpose? And that's not an easy question. The the find your purpose, Evan Carmichael. Yeah, there's a really great it's book. A, um, it's a good book to help with built, that. Built to serve. 
Built to Serve. Built, Built to, to Serve. serve. I yeah. Think, I think in what it's called. Yeah. And so that, that's a really, really helpful book. And then the, 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 the exercise of what do I actually want it all? Like, what's it all for? What do I want my life to be like? And so between your sort of North Star, your values and your purpose, you need to know those three things. You don't always have to know them sort of explicitly, but that really helps. So I highly recommend doing the work and knowing them explicitly because you might stumble upon your purpose and like things just like puzzle pieces, yeah. like just snap lock into, into place. Pl yeah, just snap into place. Yeah. But that's really lucky. I think it's, it's, it's probably more effective to do the work on the front end. What is my purpose? What are my values? What is my North star? Yeah. And then when you find like, that, then you can seek out what will what will the road that will bring those together. And that's going to take probably a little trial and error like it did for us. But those, those are the three inputs, I think, to getting yourself on the right road. Yeah, and, and I think one big question to ask is like, who do you ultimately want to be in this world? Like, and then what does that person, that vision of who I want to be, what traits or abilities or things does that person have and then start building your life so that you start getting or becoming, you know, that person, having, getting those skills, getting those abilities, figuring out that person, that, that dream person, that person that I want to be in this world in the future, they are charismatic. They are, you know, a business owner. They are giving back to the, whatever they, those things are for you. A marathon. They, I want to run marathons. Go out and figure out what that person does and go do those things. And then you'll be on the road because that's who you want to be. And now you're on the road to becoming that person. And every time you do something that that person would do, you make a decision, you take an action that that person, that's a, another check mark in the proof column that you're becoming that person. That yeah. is who you are. It gives and you confidence. It, it gives you confidence yeah. because you're you're becoming the person you said you're going to become. So the the identity piece, I think, is is actually super critical. And one last thing I'll say is I think it's really important that when you're on that road and you think it's the wrong road, take a second before you, let's not do the herky jerky course correct let's pause for a second and take a look outward like take a step back and look at where you actually are on that journey because you are probably a lot further on that road than you think you are because in the moment it feels like you've been spinning your wheel i've been doing this forever and i'm not getting anywhere but when you really look at the progress you've made over the last year and pull it back, you'll see that you've come so far and you're actually a lot closer to becoming that person that you really want to be than you really truly thought. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really important before when you're on that road and you think you're on the wrong road because things aren't maybe happening as fast as you would like them to be happening. Which is usually the thing. Right? <laughs> I'm so guilty of it. Like I'm, patience is not my, my strong suit. I'm, I'm working on it, but like, I like th when I make a decision, I want things to happen fast. And so, but the universe has a different plan for us. It's not always going to go the way on our time. It's never going to go on our time. It's on the universe's time. So it's, you know, when you think you're not making that progress because things are happening so slow, take a step back and look at how far and, and celebrate how far you've come to becoming that person. And an easy way to see that progress is all the wins you've had. So yeah, if, celebrate. I, I love that we've started tracking the weekly wins, like in, just in the journal, like every week, what are my wins this week? And then, so when you're feeling that, I feel like I'm not getting anywhere. I feel like it's taking too long. Then you look back and you're like, holy, I've learned a lot. I've done a lot. I've had a lot of wins. And so it, it just makes it a little easier to see your progress. Yeah. I love that. Thank you so much for, for sharing so much of your awesome experience. 
I love what you guys are doing. Keep up the great work. So grateful. How do people uh, online connect with you? Tell us a little bit more. How we, we uh, We've got a Facebook group, the Traveling the Road of Life Facebook group. So we'd love to have everyone join in. We go live there. We just engage in conversation, support each other. So please, everyone, feel free to come on in and join that and yeah. join the conversation. Um, then there's also what we have. We have a podcast, Road of Life podcast, awesome. everywhere you would listen to podcasts. Um, so I think those are probably the two. I would say those are the two main points. The two main and, points. and the the group we post the link to the podcast and all that stuff in there, so yeah, they can yeah, that'd probably be the best from there. Yeah, the, the the Facebook group is probably the best best point of entry into into our world for sure. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Craig Meredith. It was a pleasure to have uh, this thanks moment. For having and thanks Craig, for it was amazing. Such a great experience. Thank you. Thanks for having yeah. us. It was so happy cool. to be here. Yeah. wonderful. Would love to come back. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I'd love to be on your podcast too in the near Absolutely. Time. We're going to have you on for sure. Yeah. That's a hundred percent a given. Yeah. Well, you guys take care and thanks so much guys for being participating uh, online as well. We had some great comments. Thank you so much for uh, your input as always like and follow on Facebook. And if this is something that is beneficial to you and you think it would benefit somebody else, please share leveling up with Brigham Blackman with somebody else as well and go follow their podcast guys we love to share love and connect people this is about connections on that road to life so once again thanks again Craig Meredith for being here thanks to all of our studio audience uh, have a great day